Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another brand new episode of season two of the Death PDX podcast, The Journey Series. Today is my pleasure to have Daniel Amo in the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Daniel, tell us a little about yourself and give us a little small summary of your playing career. Uh, well, my name is Daniel Amon. Like you said, I'm originally from um, Accra, Ghana in West Africa. I started playing uh, football when I was in Ghana. I pretty much learning from my older brother. And um, so football is really big in my family. So that's what uh uh, how I started it uh, by learning from my older brother uh, while they go out and play. I followed them around and I started kicking around with them. So pretty much that's how I got involved with playing football. That's amazing. So Daniel, I mean, Daniel, yep. Tell us a yeah. little bit about, you know, it, it seems like your brother inspired you to touch your first soccer ball. Um, but tell us who inspired you the most out of your family to touch your soccer ball and at what age you started playing? Um, I would say it'll, it'll, it's more like my uncle. Yeah. Um, because I, well, when I go out, my uncle played professional in Ghana. Yeah. And, um, so he really inspired me anytime he came home from, um, from the season, break from the season. We always kicked around, go play with their friends. Um, so my uncle and my brother truly inspired me to get involved with playing football and, uh, since then, I have just been a big fan of the the game, and my my youth career pretty much started in Ghana. Yeah. I played for a club called Sporting Club Accra, mm-hmm. and after that, I had the privilege to join the Right to Dream uh, Academy in Ghana as well. Over there, I, I traveled all over Europe playing in tournaments and stuff like that, and then um I got a scholarship to come to the U.S. and study over in the Connecticut. Um, so pretty much that's how I got. Uh, into playing football and then how my career started. So through Sporting Club Accra and Right to Drink. That's amazing. So now I want you to kind of give us a little journey. We'll go back in history and tell us where it began, which is Sporting uh, uh, the Sporting Club. Sporting Accra. Club, yep. And take us the obstacles and struggles you face as a player, you know. So take us back to Ghana and where it began and how you ended up with uh, the current team you're in. Um, sporting club Accra was tough. So was Right to Dream. Uh, we didn't have, uh, for instance, sporting club. We didn't have a grass field or a turf field or anything yeah. like that. Uh, most of it we played on, uh, played barefoot. Um, uh, we had one school close by called um, Kwashima School. That school is where we started. They had big field there, and that's where our football started. We go out there. We practice every day. Uh, barefoot, no uniform or anything of that so mostly barefoot we had like probably like three soccer balls that we used to use for the whole team which had like age groups and stuff like that so playing for sporting club was really really tough basically we didn't have the equipment that we needed yeah um to 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 learn the game well and to really enjoy playing football but we had an awesome coach an amazing coach who really gave us the understanding of the game taught us how to really play the game right. But again, the equipment where, where was the challenge that we, we faced yeah. um, there. And then over there, um, I right to dream. I had, we had grass field. We had cleat. We had the, the equipment that we needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game was broken down for us to better understand the game and uh, to enjoy playing the game over there. Uh, it was a boarding system so we had to get up early in the morning um around 5 30 we get up and then all we did there was play football nothing more we play football go to school come back play football morning training go to school come back yeah. training again so pretty much they pull football into us uh over there struggling wise um it was mostly uh getting into the program was the hardest because mm-hmm. the program w- the program has generation, what they call generations. Uh, so there's first generation, there's third, I'm fourth generation. Yeah. So my generation, there were about 1,000 to 2,000 kids. And out of wow. that tryout that we went, they only picked five out of that. And then we're talking about Ghana. 
Yeah. Every kid in Ghana wants to play football. Yes. That's what, what every kid wants to do. Yeah. So out of thousand plus kids, uh, they picked out f- only five. And I was one of the five players that they picked out. So I was extremely happy to join the fourth generation of the academy. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's 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 I I'm pretty sure that it must be hard, right, for those kids that they get rejected. Yeah, yeah. I mean I had friends um that got rejected and I thought they were so much better and I couldn't believe why they got rejected. They cried for days and um some of them just gave up playing football because they couldn't get into the program. So they just gave up playing football, wow. which yeah, which is very tough. It is. It's a mental toughness right there. Absolutely, 100%. So now take us, you know, how was, once you made it into the academy, you know, out of those 2,000 players, you know, how did you feel and and what what happened moving forward? Well, when I joined the program first, I I was extremely happy. But one of the coaches told us that, told my generation, a week after they made the five, the after, week after the five players were selected, he told us the honeymoon period is over. At that time, I didn't understand what he was trying to tell us. Yeah. But then we realized the intensity we have to do, um, the amount of training we have to do, how specific we have to get with our passing, mm-hmm. um, what kind of ball we have to hit to a striker or to space or those kind of things um, became very, very challenging as we were learning like specifics of the game what kind of tactics we want to use what kind of um uh, play what kind of positions we have to play and then we had uh, other players join us later from all over the place yeah. um all over the con- uh, continent as well so now it became to a point where who is going to start yeah who's going to play so it became very challenging on getting onto the team and in over a year so we had about 17 to 18 players and out of that every year right to dream sort of go to try, um, go to europe and play in tournaments and out of those players that for the generation usually they're taking 12 players wow. 13 so you have to you want to be one of those players to be able to go on the tournament you must be really fit then you know they're taking yes. 12 players i'm not gonna lie yes oh yes. my gosh all right yeah. so you know you going to europe how was that experience you know um did you end up going up there and, and getting and playing some matches yeah um i well we first started off going to norway the first time we went i think it was um getting to winter there or four season there so it was extremely cold and it was my first time going out of ghana so besides playing-wise, everything, I couldn't go out to experience anything. I just go out, play games, and come right back into the room. Didn't want to go anywhere because it was too cold. But after that, after I, I got used to it, when we went to Manchester, I really enjoyed it. I'll go out, I'll go have some fun, and I'll come back inside and practice. And um, I also went to Netherlands, um, Norway, uh Belgium, all these places we went there to go play. And it was really cool experience playing yeah. against like different teams, Manchester United, Chelsea, all those teams we played against their youth youth teams. And you can tell how different we grew. The style playing. of players, right? Yeah, yeah, different level of players with their level and stuff like that. So it was really good experience for all the right to dream kids at that time. No, that's amazing. Um, so, so you know, I want to kind of pause you there. I'm pretty sure there's kids probably or audience kind of wondering, you know, uh, an academy wise, you know, what was the hardest team that you faced? You know, you guys bring from Ghana, but you feel like you hold your own, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of give us a little insight, you know, in the academy, you know, from those European teams that, you know, everyone talks highly about. Yeah. I think that the the I think for the youth teams the hardest team was Celtic. Celtic mm-hmm. youth team was really really good. Yeah. Um, but however, we got knocked out of the tournament by Chelsea youth team. So, oh but for my for for me personally, I think Celtic youth team is extremely good. Like the way they move the ball, the way they play is totally different from all the youth teams that I played against while I was over in Europe. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, so now you know, moving forward, 
how did you manage to go from the academy team to the other team that you mentioned? Uh, so how did I move from Spartan Club to uh, uh, to Right to Dream? Correct. Okay. So it all started with a trial. So uh, at Spartan Club, I was just there training, learning the game. Yeah. And then um, I heard Right to Dream. I heard there, there was a trial. But then we had a regional team. Uh, what what I mean by regional is Ghana, we have regions out here in the U.S., the states. So it's yeah. sort of similar thing. So we call it regional. And it's similar to here where there's like state tournaments or national tournaments. Mm-hmm. Over in Ghana, it's called regionals. So I yeah. went to regionals and then um, Scout from Right to Dream was in attendance and saw me and like, okay, we'll give you a trial, Right to Dream. So I that's how I went to Right to Dream through the regionals where I was scouted by the Right to Dream Scout. And then I went to uh, Right to Dream to join the fourth generation. That's amazing. And and how was the trial process? You know, you coming from an academy. Yeah. Uh, and, and how did you feel going into, um, you know, into that tryout? What, what, what steps you took to prepare mentally and physically to, you know, make the team? Right. Um, when I was going to the trial, I only had one goal. Yeah, coming back because I there was nothing that I was coming back to, so I only had one goal in my head go in and not come back. Yeah, and how did I do that by learning from the older people who were there, older the old, players. Dream, old players who were already there? I'll ask them questions, I'll ask the coach after like a drill or a session, how did I perform? How is my performance? What do I need to improve on? And I'll ask the players as well because as a player, you don't always see what you were doing wrong or what you're doing right unless somebody on the outside who's watching the game tells you. So that's what I was doing differently, I think, from other other kids my age who were in the trial as well. I always ask the coaches. I always ask the older uh, players who were there, what can I improve on? What do you think I need to add to my game? Those were the things, uh, questions that I was asking the the coaches and then the other players. That's amazing. Thank you for you know the advice that you've given us as well. You know, once you meet that team going forward, how was it for you on your first week training? And also, you know, what did you gain from it? What experience did you get from you know making the regional team and, and playing for that team? The original team when I joined it was a whole bunch of uh, players from all over the region. So it's like think of a state of like California. Yeah. And uh, every player from everywhere coming together to make. um, And they only needed 15 players to go to the tournament at that time. Yeah. So learning, getting together with everybody, you learn how people play, you adjust to certain things. And the first week of training originals, it was just like every trial you go with a bunch of players, everybody trying to impress, everybody trying to get the game going. But after the first week, things settle down. You get more understanding of what the coaches are trying to teach or what tactics they're trying to play. Um, so that right. after after the first week, everything started moving smoothly in terms of like what we are learning and what they're trying to teach us. That's that's amazing. Um, you know, so how was your uh, career? You know, with with the team, how do you guys do in the tournaments? Uh, the regionals we didn't do so well, but <laughs> I think yeah we didn't do so well. But uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, the, I had like uh, three players from my regional team that went to Right to Dream with me. Uh, that got selected by the scout, and then we all went to Right to Dream, and again we got picked by the by by Right to Dream as well. So I would say, you know, overall, even though we didn't do so well in the tournament, it paid out really well for us because we performed really well and yeah. we got into Right to Dream, which is like one of the prestigious academies in Ghana, and it's so hard to get into. No, that's that's amazing. You know, it, it looks like you worked very hard to be yeah. where you currently are at, you know, uh, especially from a, a place that, you know, that it, it sucks, you know, yeah, uh, it, it, it sucks. And 
by the end of the day, like you made something out of nothing, you know. Um, um, so kudos to you. And uh, so now tell me, you know, and our audience, uh, what was next after that? You know, how did yeah. you kind of end up in the States and, and what happened? You know, right. what struggles that you kind of faced when you were with a Ratchet Dream? Right. Uh, so when I was with Right to Dream, I, I was with Right to Dream for five years. Um, yeah. So throughout that five years, I think after every day, uh, when you turn 14, 15, there, it gets to a time that you about to graduate the academy, graduate from the academy. What is your next move? Are you trying to go pro? Are you trying to get some education? Are you trying to... But my goal was always get some education and then go play football. Get education and play football. Get education Correct. and play football. So I spoke to the owner, uh, the founder of the academy, and I was like, "What is the plan?" And luckily, there was a school out here in US that requested a right to dream kid to come to the school called Salisbury in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I w- apparently I was doing well at right to dream at that time. So the owner was like, "Okay, here you go. There's a scholarship from Salisbury School." And I think you're ready and you look ready. So here's the opportunity for you. I got so excited and um, I went away, called my mom, told my mom about it. My whole family got excited about it. So I prepared to come to the U.S. um, to go to Salisbury. I spent four years at Salisbury. I came to U.S. in 2012. Uh, I spent four years at Salisbury. And then um, after Salisbury, I went on to UC Santa Barbara uh, Mm -hmm. for a season uh, UC Santa Barbara. I, after the after my first season, I had an opportunity to go to Europe for a trial with Raul Valcano uh, in mm-hmm. Madrid. So I went to Raul Valcano to to try out. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't, couldn't get signed there due to some paperwork. But um, that really kind of killed my mood. But at the at the long run, I went back to Ghana. Didn't have anything, didn't have anything at all. But I didn't give up. I kept pushing. I kept training. I kept training with my brother, my uncle. They Correct. pushing me every day. They're like, it's not the end of the world. Young football is still there. All you got to do is stay ready. And when the next opportunity comes, you can take it. And luckily, after a month or two, I got opportunity to go to Denmark to play with Tested FC. Uh, so I flew to Denmark and I started training with uh, Tested FC. A month, a month or two in, the coach who uh, brought me there got fired, gone. New coach right. came in, saw me play. like, ah, oh, you know my type of player. I got to leave. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then I packed my stuff, and um, luckily enough, my agent at the time um, knew um, the knew the guy from uh, knew knew the technical director Gatafi, who was uh, the technical director at Raul Balcano at the time. When I was mm-hmm. there, so he reached out to him and it's like he's in Denmark, but they want him to leave. It's like, okay, come to Getafe. So, yeah, I went straight to Getafe. I stayed with Getafe for almost a year. Uh, picked up an injury my first two, uh, th- two to three weeks there. Uh, when they were working on everything for me, I picked up an injury at Getafe. I stayed at Getafe, did rehab, did rehab. Injury was not getting better. Uh, so I had an MRI in Getafe, and then the, um, the doctor said it was, I had a groin injury. The doctor said the groin looks really bad, so it, I required surgery. Yeah. We searched all over uh, Spain, we couldn't find someone. So my friend told me about um, a doctor in Philadelphia who was specializing in uh, groin. So I, I reached out to him, and he's like, yeah, we'll have, we'd love to, for you to come in, so we'll take a look at you. So I went to see the doctor. And he's like, whoa, you really do need surgery. Uh, yeah. So I, I flew back in uh, 2018, I think. Uh, and then uh, I had surgery since 2018. After, like, I had over eight surgeries just on my groin, including Correct. steroid in- injections and stuff like that. Uh, so 2019, uh, about September, day, I was fully recovered and cleared. And um, I came over here to play with... Uh, LA Force, um, I came do my tryout and then they were interested in me. So I signed with them and I've been with them since. 
that's that's amazing you know um so moving forward what what are your goals and what's your vision you know uh firstly for 2020 season yeah. for the fall yeah. which i know nisa uh they, they play by seasons kind of like the nasl right um so uh, what's your what's your goal going into the fall you know hopefully the coronavirus it's gives a, it gives you guys the privilege to right. continue playing right for me my personal goal right now is to win the nisa uh west coast championship uh correct with la force because last season i really wanted to win it but unfortunately uh we couldn't win it so that's the goal for me this fall is to stay ready stay yeah. focused and um get it done because that's the ultimate goal no matter how you play you want to look at your trophies you want to look at stuff like that what so those are my goal to personally win that uh nisa tournament um no, that's that's amazing. Um, so so now you know we're gonna hop in uh, to players' advice. Um, I'm gonna go back to your youth days. You know, if there's any uh, guys from you know um, uh, uh, your, your hometown, you know, listening, uh, what advice can you give them? You know, uh, to continue moving forward, and and what advice can you give them? You know, if they did get rejected from a team, or you know, or even players right here in the states, um, what advice can we give them? You know, from rejection. Well, my my advice has always been, and I know like with every athlete or every footballer in the world has heard it so many times, mm-hmm. uh, is basically be yourself and never stop working hard and never stop believing in yourself. I feel like correct. I feel like that's what is 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 helped me a lot throughout my my career. Uh, I never stop believing in myself and I never stop working hard. Because the, no, that's yeah, good mentality, right? Absolutely. Everything they they always say is um, that uh, uh, success is when uh, preparation meets opportunity, and I truly believe that if you want to succeed, you have to prepare. Like um, you have nothing until the opportunity comes, and then you're already ready for it. You don't wait till the opportunity is there before you 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 start preparing. You got to keep preparing. You got to keep practicing every day. Keep working hard. And then the opportunity I, will come. I agree 100. percent You know, um, you know, and, and for example, you know, uh, you, like as you mentioned, moving forward uh, from your academy team, um, playing against uh, top European teams like Chelsea, yeah. Celtic, uh, you know, Man City, uh, Manchester United. Uh, sorry. Um, from what what advice can you give our audience? That, you know, like hey, the competition there. You know, um, it's it's to a whole nother level. Yeah. As as you mentioned, yeah. your coach took twelve players. Your fitness must have been phenomenal. I'm assuming yeah. if you guys took twelve players, you know, playing back to back tournaments or sh- for that showcase. Right. Uh, the level, the game, the game is a beautiful game. But when you get yeah, as older you get and as you move up, you come to realize that there's so much talent and so much um, people that love the game and they're willing to do work extra than you are willing to do. So my thing has always been when I went to Europe and when I was like, I'm playing against Chelsea. Do I get nervous? No, I want to perform. So how do I perform? By staying focused, by preparing myself right night before game, week before game, yes. two days before game. What am I doing? What am I? Am I drinking the right fluids? Am I eating right to prepare myself? Because if you prepare yeah. yourself right, when the game comes, you already feel confident that because you've prepared and you're ready to go play the game. But the game, there's so many people with so many talents. So my talents, when that get involved, that plays the game. So you have to work extra harder to be those people. Some people are naturally gifted. And if you're not naturally gifted, you have to work harder to, to, to get out there. I absolutely agree with you hundred percent, you know, um, on that term, um, you know, especially, you know, style of play, as, as you saw, must've been quick, fast and their touch is phenomenal. Right. right? <laughs> oh, when, I, when I was a guitar fit, there was a player named Danny. Wow. I'm yeah. a defender. I play left back. I hit a defender yeah. in that game. <laughs> he never lost the ball. If he didn't kick the ball out, the ball never yeah. go out from him. He gets the ball. There's always oh, something man. coming out of out of that. And um, yeah, <laughs> touches the way the ball, that's... the speed of the ball, stuff like that is just like unbelievable. 
I, I, that's crazy. I agree a hundred percent, you know? Uh, so Danny, um, now I kind of want to go into, uh, you know, LA force, you know, um, lots of players going to, uh, try yes. you know, not prepared. I I've seen it cause, uh, I, we hosted a uh, tryouts here for league two, uh, last year when I was with lane and this year with uh, TFA, my USL two team, I was going to be coaching at, um, but you know, players don't come prepared. Um, what did you do and what steps you right. took? to go prepared mentally and physically to make the NISA team of LA force. Cause you went to the open mm-hmm. trial, as you mentioned, and I know there's lots of players that go. And like, as I mentioned, they don't go prepared. Uh, they take that rejection, as I mentioned earlier to yeah. heart. And what advice can we kind of give them? You know, if they get rejected, what can they do to come back next year and try out and do it all over again? Right. So before I, I came to LA force um, in September for the tryout, I was yeah. in Florida for vacation with uh, my host family out here. Uh, we were there yeah. for about a week or so, but I set up my goal that every morning I got up at five and I go run at the beach for an hour. Like I was just doing beach work with the ball, running That's on the best. for an hour because I wanted to prepare myself for whatever comes in front of me. I was recovering from an injury. I've been out of the game for about a year and a half, almost two years. People are yeah. ahead of me. They're still practicing. They're not stopping. So I have to get to their level. And how do I, how does that, like, how do I do that? By putting in that yeah. extra work, meaning getting up at five in the morning, running on the beach, do beach workout to get my fitness back up. So those are the things that I, I did. I took my training very, very serious, getting up, staying committed to getting up, training training every day yeah no that's that's amazing i uh, thank you for sharing a little bit about that you know and um and like like i mentioned you know that's i, I believe you know i i love kobe he was my rest in peace uh he's always been my role model yeah. as a young kid you know growing up out in california and and story short but that's mamba mentality yeah. that yes. you have you know uh what are you doing that others are not doing are you how how ahead are you in your day while others are waking up right you know uh so that's that's dope you know thank you for sharing that little tip with our audience and guys listening now you guys know you know how to prepare going into a right. tryout um uh, so did we cover anything else you know before we move forward uh danny um i think we've covered it all to be honest i think i think we, okay. we've covered it all okay that's amazing so now i want to talk about like road news and uh issues but from that, you know, um, I want to talk about your foundation that you're, you're yeah. starting. So uh, tell us a little bit about that and what right. are you doing and, and how how our audience can kind of help and give you that extra right. support. Uh, so the, the my foundation is called Golden Ed. Um, it's basically an, a, a nonprofit organization uh, that provides yeah. educational supplies and uh, football equipment to kids in Ghana. Um, I'm mm-hmm. doing this solely because when I was growing up in Ghana, those are the things that I didn't get until I was yeah. privileged. Enough, uh, I was lucky enough to join Right to Dream and I was able to get that. And I yes. was able to come to the U.S. and then receive all these books, pen, pencils, notebooks, all these like, little things that people take for granted out here. Uh, those are not yes. common in, in where I'm from or where I grew up. Um Yes, I used to not go to school because there's no pen. I didn't have a pencil or I didn't have a pen. So I go to school and they'll kick me out. So I have to come back home. And those are things that still is happening. So I just realized, like, what can I do to help and change things? And I realized yeah. the good That's fortune amazing. that I was given. And it, it, it gave me my future education, took me out of poverty and brought, brought me here. Uh, so I just want to give back to 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 my country and to the kids who are going through the same thing that I went through. I want that to end by giving them the yes. tools they need to 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 go to classroom, to go to school, and learn. And also, we use sports to motivate them to stay in school because the dropout rate in Ghana is very huge. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, yep. every kid in Ghana wants to play football, but what about the kids that? can't make it in football or that don't don't go further in football what do they do they stay on the street they stay hustling on the street 
almost all my friends back home I grew up with, they're still on the street hustling. And I just wanted yeah. that to end. And um, I always say, why doesn't the government do this? Why doesn't these people do No. What, what am I doing to change it? Well, what can I Correct. do to change it? It's by helping the little that I can. Is giving them the education. If they go to school, they learn, they realize, oh, I can't make it in football. They are going to be the next doctor, the next um, uh, president of, of our country. They're going to be the yes. next uh, people that we don't have in our country, the next investors, the next. Absolutely. So the, the, that, that is pretty much what Godinet is about. And then uh, we've been doing so well. We've been, only, we've been out for about a year now. And so far, we're impacting over a thousand kids in Ghana. Um, so what we do is we work with schools. We go to the local villages. We work with, with schools in the village. Some of the schools we work with don't even have electricity in the village. So we go to the village. We speak to the local chief. We tell them what we are doing and what we do. And then the local chiefs give us permission to go speak to the head of the schools. And then we tell the schools what we're doing and what we plan on doing with them. And they agree. So we go there and we do donations of um, books, jerseys, soccer cleats, pencils, all those uh, equipments. And then we give it to the school so the kids can have it and, uh, and, and be able to go to school and learn something. No, that's that's amazing, uh, Danny. Uh, it looks like you're gonna do good stuff, you know, for your country. And and what do you have like a, a, a like a um, website page that you know our audience can yeah. follow it, or or there's ways that you know they could give money to donate, you know, so they could kind of help uh, you, you know, through this process. Because I believe as a soccer community, we're right. all united, right. you know, worldwide. Right. We're all one. Um, yeah, uh, we have our social media is Golden Ed. Godin and then E D mm-hmm. underscore G H and then the website is godined dot org. And um so pretty much that's that's uh the social media handle and then um uh at the website for it the, we people can donate online on the website. Um we actually about to start a uh, people listening. <laughs> All right, let me keep this on the low. We're about to uh, start a campaign, a social media campaign with uh, with other companies as well. So it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. No, that's amazing. Um, uh, like I said, you know, I, I'm pretty sure people have heard the podcast before this. I'm also, uh, you know, have something similar that I want to do, like you're doing. Uh, I think that's amazing. You know, uh, that you're going out of your way and trying to do this. You know, and and it's yes. hard work, right? It is hard it work. A lot of hard work. <laughs> Yeah. And um, uh, same thing with me, you know, eventually I'm getting my coaching courses here. Uh, I want to go back to my country of Nicaragua, yeah. you know, poverty. Uh, when I was with uh, the national team, U20, U23's uh, camp, I, I saw poverty down there. And uh, I'm not going to lie, like it's 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 very people don't understand what, you know, uh, kids right. go through down there unless you yourself, witness it yeah. yourself, you know. And uh, eventually what I want to do as well is, like, you know, open up an academy, a school. Uh, so these kids, what you mentioned, become a doctor, become a nurse, become, yes. you know, footballers. And there's hope that they're able to get out of the country right. and do good things in return when they go back to that country. And um, that's that's amazing. And I respect you 100%. Thank and you. know that you have uh, support from a lot of people. And guys, uh that's something that you know you guys need to edu- be educated you know get out of your comfort zone do research and um try to think about you know others as well you know and um and and do your research about poverty you know it's 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 a real thing it, it takes time out of your day but end of the day you know that's how you kind of get educated right. as well and you learn that you know you take things for granted you know a pen right. you know a paper a backpack you know you right. get shoes cleats you know uh sometimes you know us athletes as well we take things for granted you know guys that are sponsored you know uh don't eat your cleats you know i guarantee you give them to a kid that does uh, right it will make his right. day or or if, if you give him a pair of shorts that they were last year's give it to a kid or whatever right. that needs it or or i guarantee you it's going to make their day so thank you for bringing that up danny and hopefully touch some person's heart you know that's currently listening to us and just you know like those kids will remember you and they will not forget about you. And yeah. and they'll remember who was there for them when no one else was. And respect right. to you, my guy. Um, so now, my my dude, we're going into uh, 
conspiracy theories, uh, what's, you know, personal goal stories um, and right. faith. You know, I, I usually like ending with faith at the end because I do believe God mm-hmm. works in mysterious ways. He's part of that conspiracy. Um, but first, I want to, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, Ghana, what's what's the what's 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 the conspiracy down there? What's the like, for example, here in Oregon, Bigfoot. <laughs> You know, in, in Nicaragua, like I told you, there's a, a bruja, yeah. like a, the witch, yeah. like a voodoo <laughs> witch. And, and that's like yeah. down there, right? And then, uh, so what's the conspiracy down there uh, that people have fear or they talk people about? People have fear with uh, the voodoo thing, too. We call it juju. <laughs> yeah, juju. Oh, juju. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people have, that's, that's a big thing um, in Ghana. Like, Ghana uh, is a very religious country. Um, so we have about... Yes. I would say about 70% of the country is like um, Christian and then 20% to 25% will probably be about uh, uh, Islamic and then the 5% will be like the traditionist and they believe in the uh, juju, the voodoo stuff. And um, so that's a big thing in Ghana. When you're talking to somebody and then they say, okay, wait, you will see. All of a sudden you got to go apologize because you're scared. What the next step is going to be, she or he or she is probably going to go to a voodoo person or something like that. But that that's really big thing in Ghana. And in terms of like ghost stories that's or crazy. something like that, I had an older brother who was murdered before I was born, like a month or two before wow. I was born. And uh, according to my mom, that any time that I was uh, as a baby, he my older brother will come to the room and I will not stop crying. Like, I will keep crying all night, and the room will be super cold. Um, so that's what the ghost story kind of I have with me. And yeah, that <laughs> and is I feel crazy. like I, I feel like that that is just my brother being protective of me or just being there to show that even though I'm gone, there's still another person here. The, the second me is here sort yeah. of thing. That's that's crazy, oh man! I, like it gave me the chills too just by talking about that. <laughs> so now, so now we're going to talk a little bit about faith. You know how God made the impact in your life and through your whole journey and uh, soccer yeah. career. You know, it does not have to be soccer; it could be family members, yeah. family. You know, or you Me personally. personally. I'm a firm believer in uh, in God. Um, the man above yeah. has done mysterious things for me that I can never thank him for. Or I can never repay him. Um, for instance, like I said, I went to Robach. You know, I was sitting on a full scholarship at UC Santa Barbara. I got a I got an invitation. Mm-hmm. Come to us. We would we train. I went there. I played well, really well. Gave me a pre-contract. Go yeah. home, get a paperwork, and come back. I went home for some reason. I wasn't getting it. The paperwork wasn't going through. Yeah. Well, I didn't give up. I kept praying, working hard, praying, praying. Two months later. I got something from another club, just at FC. I went there. It didn't work out. I left Getafe. I was there. I picked up an injury, an injury that has put me out for over two years or close to two years. All this, I didn't lose my faith. I kept praying, praying and believing. And I know, I, I know that at the end of the day, he healed me. He cured me. I just... I just I agree, felt 100%. that I just felt the 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 blessing from him on me one time because I was there and I was crying. I was on bed crying. I was like, God, why? Why am I going through all this stuff? The next I had I had a I, I had a full up with a doctor for the next week or something. I, I went there, did a new MR. He goes, You look perfect. Are you feeling pain? I'm like, no, I've been okay. Ever since there, I was like, the man is still there. The man doesn't, the man doesn't sleep. So um, I'm a firm believer of God, and I feel like he's touched my life in, uh, during my injury crisis, bouncing off teams slash teams and teams. He was still there for me, and um, he, he's helped me. Now I'm, I'm playing I, injury-free, so I, I'm excited, and I believe in, in him at big time. That's amazing. You know, thank you for sharing a little bit of faith. And like I mentioned earlier, I do believe God is part of the conspiracy as well. Um, he, yeah. he does work in mysterious ways in people's life. If you're a firm believer or not, um, 
he's he's always knocking at your door. He's always on your side, you know, uh, regardless on anything, you know, could be through an injury or whatever, um, you know, uh, personal life uh, experiences, you know, and then the day he's always there listening and uh, just, just something I've learned uh, throughout yes. is that he's love. And, and that's, if you feel love, that means yes. uh, he's with you. And um, that's how I'm going to leave it. And, now we're gonna go into uh, karaoke, Daniel. <laughs> it's the fun part, my guy. <laughs> this is when you and I are able to like you know, be ourselves and and just kind of have a good time. And you know, hopefully, you guys at home have a good laugh <laughs> or singing. <laughs> you know, uh, this is out of our comfort zone, but we we do this because uh, this is where we get to be ourselves and we're able to um, right. just kind of have a good time. You know, uh, so the rules are: we have to sing a song uh, forty-five to one, uh, forty-five seconds to one minute. Uh, you and I at the same time. Um, the rule is, if 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 I lose, you know, um, you're in Portland or you're in Oregon, the Northwest, um, we'll have to go and get some food or you know take you to a spot. <laughs> and uh, and then if if you lose, um, what I usually do for pro players is have you, you know, uh, sign a, a training top at the end of the season, and I'm gonna have you raffle it uh, to our audience and uh, yeah. whoever listens, right? And that way, uh, send them a nice little quote with it and. And give it away. And guys, uh, you guys are the judge of uh, today's karaoke, Let's please. Uh, feel free to uh, DM us after this um, podcast airs. Vote uh, will end yeah. every single Friday. So the the person with the most votes wins. And in the day, like I said, you know, it's, it's all about having fun. And you guys are the judges. All right. So the song of the day today is Khaled Better. It's a fun song. It's a love song. So, guys, if you have a girl, you have a <laughs> wife, a fiance, you know, yeah. or even, you know, LGBT, I, I respect that. You know, you guys do you. And uh, just know you guys are loved, too. And this is a good song to uh, dedicate to the person you love. All right. So, it's Khaled Better. <laughs> Let's do are it. you ready, Dan? <laughs> my wife told me not to. All right. All right. I'm about so to press I'm play. Try my best. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Three, two, All right. and one. <clears throat> I'm trying to get my uh, singing voice ready for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> ready? Hey. Hey, I'm getting my ooh, moves. Oh, here we go. Ready? Ready? Three, two, love one. Love to see you shine in the night like the diamond you are. I'm good on this side. I'm good on this side. It's all right. Just hold in the dark. No one's got to know what we do. Pick me up when you're bored. Hey. Because I live down the street, so we met. It's yours. Hey, I hear is nothing gets better than this. Nothing feels better. Nothing feels better than this. Nothing feels better. Oh no. We don't have to hide. This is what we like. I'll admit it. Feels Nothing feels better than this. You friends were saying swear, we're just friends, nobody, but I swear no. nobody knows around. Hey, you gotta keep my hand around your neck and connect. Are you feeling it now? Because I am. So I, got, I got so high at the other night. I swear to God, I broke my wrist around. Hey. Yeah. Hey, here we go. Oh yeah. When you're back against the wall, this is all you've been talking about in my ears. Hey, it feels better than this. Nothing feels better. Nothing feels better than this. Nothing feels better. Oh no. Hey. So guys, you guys are the judge of the karaoke battle. Captain votes in. Uh, it, the deadline is Friday. Um, so you have fun. I did. <laughs> I think I won. Though. Oh man, it's fun, huh? <laughs> Good song, huh? <laughs> 
Awesome. So now, Danny, we're going into the spot, you know, yes. uh, you live in L.A. Uh, what's your favorite spot? And after you're done mentioning your spot, you know, I, I'm all about culture. What is the best dish in Ghana and why you recommend it? Because right. I love um, food. I, my favorite spot in L.A. has been, um, there's a really, really Jamaican restaurant um, called... Uh, It's right, uh, it's right, it's really, it, it's called Wijamin. The restaurant is called Wijamin, and uh, mm -hmm. I love Caribbean food. Um, it's very similar to what we have in Ghana. So that has been my favorite yeah. spot. My my agent introduced me to that restaurant, and uh, ever since there, like, it's been my favorite spot to go out there and then uh, <laughs> enjoy myself sometimes. <laughs> Um, no, that's amazing. Oh man, uh, oh, the plantains. Oh my god, mm, all, that, all that good stuff, huh? <laughs> my guy. Oh man, if you guys never have plantains, oh, you need to learn what plantains the are. They're good. Buddy. Sweet plantains are the best. Food. Ooh, yeah. man, my guy is making me hungry already. Uh, when, when we go to Ghana, my favorite, yeah. my favorite food is banku and okra stew. It's only my favorite if my mom makes it. If my mom doesn't make it or my sister doesn't make it, it's not my favorite. I will eat anything, but uh, banku and okra stew is yeah. my favorite food. And banku is pretty much, uh, this sounds bad, but it is not as bad. It, it doesn't It doesn't taste as bad or doesn't look bad as uh, the way when somebody explains it. But it's basically fermented corn. Uh, you ferment corn and then okay. you basically stir it up. It becomes sort of mashed potatoes looking like, um, but it are harder, like mm. more thicker way. And then you can pretty much eat it with anything. But I like with okra stew. So I always, uh, my mom, anytime I go to Ghana, as soon as I'm leaving, I call my mom, mm -hmm. I'm coming this day. I get out of the airport, they pick me up straight to my mom's house. The first thing I eat there. <laughs> yeah. Is that not? Oh, man. It sounds delicious. If yeah. I'm in LA, you know how to cook it. You know, you have to uh, uh, yeah. give me a, a nice try. little taste. I try. <laughs> oh, oh, man. My guy. Okay. So now we're going into the last topic, which is topic five. You know, um, this is where we yeah. kind of get to know you to a personal level. You know, besides from fo from soccer, football, uh, what do you enjoy doing? You know, what what sports do you follow and what hobbies do you um, uh, I, like doing I'm on the side? I'm a Clipper fan. <laughs> Clipper Nation. <laughs> so I, I like mm -hmm. basketball a lot. And I follow basketball a lot. And um, I've been a Clipper fan since I came to the U.S. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Clippers. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, what's your name? Uh, Blake Griffin, Blake fan, Griffin huh? Chris Paul, DeAndre, Big Blake. the Love City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so th those were yeah. my 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 people that I was following a lot, and um, I've still been a fan of the team. And um, so I I do like reading. I do like playing video games, uh, especially FIFA and 2K. Those are the only two video games I pretty much know how to play. Um, but right now I'm currently reading, or oh, I just started. Uh, fearless, which is basically about um, Leicester City, the 2015-2016 season where Leicester City won the Premier League. Uh, basically, that, yeah, that's what the yeah, book is about. That's a good it's one. giving an insight of the uh, players and the coaches and uh, sort of what kind of mentality they have um, during that season. Um, so pretty much that's the book that I'm, I'm, I've only read about a chapter in it so far. So that's what I'm reading at the moment. No, that's amazing. Uh, video game wise, I, I feel like I need to break you out of that comfort zone and you need to start <laughs> playing Apex with me. <laughs> it's a free game. You just got to download it, and uh, it's it's about teamwork. And I'm not gonna lie, the people on there are not good. But I know yeah. if, if if you're good at the soccer field, and yeah. you're good at believing your teammate is playing his role. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you'll do a good job. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. So, Danny, uh, we're coming to a closing uh, end here. Is there anything else you want to add on or or you think we did cover everything uh, we, uh, we were going to talk about? But I just want the people listening, especially any athletes that are coming up or athletes that are same level, it's just you get, just got to keep grinding. Just The grind never stops. Um, 
when you look at the greatest athletes in the Correct. world, like Ronaldo, I was I was very fortunate to be at Madrid. The dude has pretty much won everything that he could ask for. But when I was there, 30 minutes, I'll get to training. He was already there, training, afterwards. Everybody leaving, I still see him standing there training by himself, doing stuff by himself. After that, go to the gym, LeBron, Kobe, all these great athletes, their grind never stopped for them. Yeah. He, but so that's pretty much what I, I like to end um, with, is just keep grinding and keep believing in yourself. The more you grind, the more confident you feel and the more you believe in your abilities. If you believe in your abilities and you have the confidence, the game is going to come to you. And what about wherever you I go agree. and they reject you the first time? Don't worry about it. There's so many opportunities. There's so many things. Just keep your head up. Talk to your family. Talk to your loved ones because they'll always support you. They're always there for you. So you just got to believe in, in them and listen to advice. Be patient with yourself. The guys or people going through injury, don't rush coming back because there's an opportunity coming up soon. No. Take your time. Give your body some time to relax, recover fully. And then when you get back, you can do what you love so much. So pretty much that's what I want to end with. No, that's amazing. And that's well said. You know, that's a good way to end, um, Danny. Um, so I want to thank you, you know, for sharing your story and uh, your journey. And let's hope it, it touches a player's heart out there that, you know, that needs to hear this and needs to get encouraged and needs to prep yeah. for that tryout that you kind of went to, you know, as well through that process. And those people back home as well, you know, hopefully if there's anyone from Ghana, shout out to you guys. And uh, hopefully let's you guys go, got inspired from one of your own, uh, Daniel Daniel Amo, yep, uh, and uh, just you know he's doing good things for you guys, and, and he, I, I could see he's a humble guy, and then I know that you're going to make lots of impacts, Danny. And like I said, you know, as as as, a, as me being a coach, you know, um, I believe that you know soccer's worldwide, and as people keep hearing this, you know, we'll be all united, and that's the beautiful uh, thing mm -hmm. about the sport. We don't have to know the same language; we just can go out there, play our roles, and then yeah, there, that's it. That's, that's the beauty true. of the sport. <laughs> Um, it just unites people from all over backgrounds, um, all over levels. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, that's I think that's the beauty of this sport, and that's why you know we're telling journeys and stories, um, just so people could uh, keep learning and keep moving forward, and let them know that hey, anything's possible. Only because yeah. you heard no, hey, keep moving forward. Absolutely. So, Danny, is there any social media platform you want our audience to kind of follow you through your soccer career as you get, you know, you're getting started? And then uh, I don't know if you want to uh, leave your IG page again uh, on, on here on the podcast. Yeah, that I, way, I you know, that. Um, for the Instagram, nonprofit. Uh, and uh, Twitter, all social media handles is D underscore Amo 21. Yeah. You guys heard it, and yeah, then uh, it's for the nonprofit that you're doing, Ed Golden Ed, which is basically Golden, and then Ed at the end underscore Gh. Okay, sounds good, guys. As also, I'm gonna have his um, IG and his um, nonprofit in the bio already, as you guys uh, know, as it already aired. Um, <laughs> That way you kind of, you know, support him, show him some love and uh, follow through the amazing things he's going to do for his country, Ghana. And a little bit about the next podcast, um, I'm going to have a female athlete that goes by the name of Kayla Clem. Uh, she's from Canada. She played pro in Europe. She's currently a free agent, but she is going to return back to Europe. She has that Mamba mentality that she's hungry she's ready to earn that goalkeeper contract and that's all you guys got to know and she has a lot of good experience with the white caps women's white caps team seattle sounders team and uh, pro experience currently in europe so females and male athletes stay tuned and also want to say a little quick shout out to the sponsor that made this uh, podcast happen uh, go check them out at their ig page uh, pro pdx uh, Audi, uh auto and um body paint they're the best here in portland so give them some love support and give them a follow and uh, i promise you they'll take good care of you they're very amazing people and they're all about supporting uh uh people you know with their cars and i could promise you they'll do a good job with your cars uh, so danny thank you again uh, for sharing your journey it was an honor to have you on the podcast thank and uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brian. appreciate it
Absolutely, my guy. Um, guys at home, uh, if you feel this works for you and you feel it might work for another player, please feel to share, subscribe, and guys. Mm-hmm.